It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lordson. Today's episode has a little bit more of a structure than our average episode. If you've listened to the show before, we tend to not necessarily know what we're going to talk about, but today we have a very linear, well, supposedly, I guess I should say, we know what we want to talk about and intend to talk about, but who knows with this show, we go on a lot of tangents and we're actually going to start with something completely unrelated to this episode, but we promised it in our previous episode. So if you are a loyal listener and you you listen to every, if not most, episodes of the show. First of all, thank you. We appreciate you. We're grateful for your commitment. We know we have three episodes a week and they all are on the longer side. So it's awesome when we hear from people like you that listen regularly. And if you are just listening to us for the very first time, welcome. We hope that you enjoy this episode. And remember that because we have so much variety in our show, You never really know what you're going to get. It's kind of a fun surprise here. What we do promise is to be authentic, to have fun, to be exploring life from all different angles. And the angle I want to start with that has nothing to do with the rest of this episode is something you promised at the end of our previous episode, Jason, which was to share how a particular dish went with your mother. You are currently visiting her in Detroit at the time of this recording, at least. And I believe you said that you were going to experiment with some interesting dish. Was it with banana blossoms? Yeah. So a little bit of backstory. Generally, when I get together with my mom, there's some level of culinary experimentation because she's an amazing cook. My grandmother was an amazing cook. We've had a deep love for food my entire life and generations in my family. Food has always been a really deep component of togetherness and connection. So I get in, my mom's like, so I want to do an experiment. I said, okay. She said, I was reading online that there was this restaurant in London, I guess a couple of years back that started to make a vegan fish because if anybody knows about traditional British cuisine, fish and chips is a major part of traditional British food where you have fried fish fillets and then you have French fries and it's served with peas. In the Americanized version, you actually have a side of coleslaw. So mom was like, I read that the component of this is actually banana blossoms from the banana tree. So there's an Asian market near my mom's house in Detroit. We went there and got a couple of cans of Thai banana blossoms. They're in a can and for two cans, which equaled about four servings, maybe five if you stretched it. Both of those cans were, I think, $2.99 or $3.99. So really inexpensive. So what we did was we took the banana blossoms and, and you basically rinse them. You rinse off the brine and then you marinate it. You marinate it in some oil. You can do some Old Bay seasoning, some nori or kelp, a little bit of salt, some pepper, whatever spices you want. And we marinated it actually close to 48 hours. And you take it out of the marinade and you dunk it in a batter that's made with, we did a spelt flour. We did, again, some seasonings like cayenne pepper, paprika, things like that. It was a little bit undersalted, but basically what you do is you create this batter for it and you fry it in a pan like you would a fish filet. And Whitney, it was incredibly delicious. It was light. It was flaky. It was buttery. It had kind of the mouth feel 
that I remember from eating fish. It was just like, yeah, flaky and soft and rich and beautiful. And my mind went to like, why aren't people doing this? First of all, it's inexpensive. I'm probably like, watch, there's going to be a whole ton of restaurants after this episode. Like we're doing vegan fish. But legit, I grew up eating fish and chips here in Detroit. There were two. There was Hope's Fish and Chips. And there was another one. I can't remember the name of it, but there were actual like fish and chip places in Detroit we would go to as a family and get the tartar sauce, the fish, the chips, the whole deal. So I have not had fish and chips since the 90s. Like it's legit been over 25 years since I've had fish and chips. And I got to tell you, I'm going to go crazy with this when I get back to LA. And the secret ingredient is IPA beer. We actually put IPA into the batter mixture, which lightens it, it oxygenates it, makes it fluffy. But for real, like I need to make this for you when you go back to LA, Whitney, you're going to lose your damn mind. That's how good it was. It's shocking how good it is. All right. Well, I actually might as well update you on the dinner I had last night, too, because when you were talking about beer, I realized that I have been drinking beer a little bit more frequently during this trip. Actually, a lot more frequently. I rarely drink beer and I don't usually drink that much alcohol in general. As a little side note, one thing I posted on my Eco Vegan Gal Instagram account recently was promoting this brand called Curious, who makes these incredible elixirs. Do we talk about them on an episode? I feel like I did, right? Wasn't I telling the story of having the little picnic in Massachusetts with my friend or is that my imagination? I feel like I mentioned that on the show. Well, just in case I didn't, Curious Elixirs is an adaptogen infused booze-free cocktail. So if you don't drink alcohol at all or rarely, I highly recommend them. But if you do drink alcohol, I will say that I've been having wine more frequently during COVID. I really like Bonterra wine, who actually sent me some of their amazing organic canned wine for my road trip. And I have a few bottles left for the trip back to Los Angeles. I don't know if I'll have them because I I rarely drink alone, but we'll see. Maybe to unwind and de-stress at some evenings to help myself go to bed. I don't know. Anyways, I started drinking a little bit more beer because my mom really likes IPA. So when you're talking about IPA, Jason, it reminded me of that. And there's an incredible place in Massachusetts. Massachusetts in that town of Hudson that I mentioned in our last episode, which is also where we went for dinner last night. And it's called Medusa Brewing Company. And one thing that's neat about them is they have a very low gluten count. And that's part of the reason, or I don't know if count's the right term, but they don't have a lot of gluten in their beers. And the guy there was telling me how it generally, if you're not allergic to gluten, but maybe you're sensitive like I am and you are, Jason, you can have their beers without having much of a reaction. I also find in general that gluten doesn't really, or I should say beer and other alcohols that contain gluten. Actually, I don't... Are there others? What else would have gluten? I don't know. Beer. Let's just say beer. (laughs) Beer doesn't really trigger my sensitivity as would like a glutinous baked good or something like that. So I decided to start having a little beer here and there with my family. And last night we went to a pub that's celebrating Oktoberfest and they have an incredible selection of beers on tap. And this amazing one called Rosemary's Baby from I think it was like two something brewer, like the number two TWO, like maybe two roads brewing or something. And I went on barnivore.com, which for those of you who didn't know this, not all beer or wine, in fact, is vegan. So it can be helpful to go look up whether or not a 
type of beer, wine, or other alcohol has been confirmed as being vegan and having no animal products in it. And I was very excited that this one was a vegan company. In fact, I read quickly, briefly, I should say on Barnivore that one of the owners of this company is vegetarian himself. Not 100% sure about it, but that was according to Barnivore. And it was delicious. They put cinnamon and sugar on the rim of the beer glass, Jason. And it was like a pumpkin spice beer that was absolutely lovely. And you would have liked it too, Jason, especially with your Polish roots, because since it was Oktoberfest, they were serving German food and there's a lot of kind of crossover between German and Polish food and Ukrainian food, which I have family from those parts of the world as well. So they had like pickled cabbage and sauerkraut. And the one vegan dish they had on their very limited menu that didn't have like meat and cheese in it was a really lovely mixed green salad with pickled cucumber and pickled onion. And then we got truffle fries, which were on their regular menu, their non-Octoberfest menu. And luckily, they were just fries with truffle oil on them. They didn't have any cheese. It was a very satisfying meal along with that beer. So we've probably made a lot of people hungry at the start of this episode that has nothing to do with food for the most part. I feel like there, in addition to our explicit rating on Apple Podcasts, there should also be a disclaimer of if you're hungry, make sure you eat before you listen. We should be able to star certain episodes with more detailed disclaimers. So get on that, Apple. Get on it. That does sound amazing, though. And also truffle fries. Could I mean, potatoes and truffle. Is there a greater combination ever? Like, I know everyone's like chocolate and cinnamon and chocolate or chili peppers, but out of like savory food, truffle and anything potato is like the most magical combination. Wouldn't you agree? It's just like you just said truffle fries and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, it's pretty great. And it's especially great when you can get truffle fries that don't have Parmesan cheese sprinkled on top, which for some reason is very common when you're ordering truffle potatoes. Even potato chips aren't always that vegan friendly, depending on what else is mixed in them. But let's get on topic for today. We are actually starting off a series of episodes from the beginning of November through kind of early December, I suppose, about our ebook, Take Charge. And we want to remind you, if you have not yet to download this or sign up for our newsletter at wellevator.com, you can get lots of free ebooks from us. We have three now. One is called You Are Enough. Our second ebook, is called Take Charge. And our third was from this year, From Chaos to Calm. I think we've released one a year so far. And Take Charge is very timely. We actually wrote this about a year ago. And it's full of tips on getting more consistent, staying committed, and following through on your health and wellness goals. And we invited in a bunch of health and wellness thought leaders that we know to help us answer some of these common challenges that people like you struggle with. And this is going to be really interesting for us because we're going to be reading this ebook from front to back as we're recording this episode because not only do we want to share it with you in case you've never read it, and also just because you've downloaded this book does not mean that you've actually read it. That's what a lot of people do. They sign up for things and never actually implement them. So please download it. Again, that's for free at wellevator.com, which is spelled W-E-L-L. 
E-V-A-T-R.com. If you go to the free resources section of our website, you will find this in our other eBooks and other resources for you. And not only do we want you to download this, but please read it through and create an implementation plan. And we're here to help you along the way with these upcoming episodes. And that is because things can feel really complicated when it comes to trying to accomplish your goals. And I think that's especially true this year in 2020. Like I said, we wrote this at the end of 2019 and things were very different. So we're going to be updating this book and we'll make sure to send you the new version of it if you downloaded the old version. And we want to just kind of discuss as we're going along through this and share with you what we think you might want to tweak a little in general. But this year and as we go into 2021 with so many unknowns and uncertainties, It's kind of like people talk a lot about opportunity or vision or passion or staying motivated and the lack of those things that gets in the way of, I guess, achieving your aims or your goals. And certainly I've wrestled with this myself, Whitney, of like, oh, if I was just more motivated or if I just had more clarity or passion, I still struggle with that sometimes. But one of the things that we have noticed through a lot of our research, Whitney especially, and myself are big on researching sort of the nuts and bolts psychologically of what gets people up and moving. It's kind of like the obstacles, the biggest obstacles seem to be self-created when we're inconsistent or we feel defeated. And these are the kind of moments where you can look at a possible shift and take charge in your life. That's why we decided to name this ebook Take Charge because we wanted it to be powerful. We wanted it to be sort of like a rallying call to people to actualize their life in a different way, especially if you, dear listener, feel stuck or feel like you just are kind of on a strange treadmill right now, like a lot of us do. So what exactly does it mean to kind of take charge? It's like, all right, well, to us, it's like doing everything in your power to find the inner spark inside your heart again. In recent episodes, we've been talking about how sometimes you fall out of love with things in your life or you just don't feel like you can keep going. But there's something about getting back up when you've gotten knocked down for the hundredth time 200th time, 300th, who knows? To keep going, you know, in the face of what you might perceive as defeat or failure and to experiment with new ways of eating and living and moving and loving. And you eventually find your own road. You find your own path. We talk a lot about Joseph Campbell and how he talks about being on your own path and not someone else's. And it's really about this idea of getting back on track and carving out a path for yourself in life. We really feel like it helps to get guidance from people who are either proven to be or perceived to be further along on the path to what you want to accomplish. And that doesn't mean that they're doing things any better than you or that you have a really long way to go. It actually can just mean that you might need some inspiration or a different way of looking at something. And we hope that we present that to you in every episode of this podcast. So I think actually this book is a nice compliment to it. And that's really why we created this. We found that the people that contributed to this book had a lot of really great things to say about wellness. In fact, we got to know them due to collaborating with them on this project we do most years for the past, I think, three years or so. Jason and I have contributed one of our courses that we offer. We have a few. One of them is called Wellness Warrior Training. The other is called The Consistency Code. And we've also dabbled in a few other things over time. And we've contributed that to this wonderful bundle of products and services that other health and wellness thought leaders have contributed to. So a lot of people share their eBooks, which we've done as well. And they're just super inspiring people. 
And we wanted to make sure that you got to know them and hear their best advice. And we're going to share with you more about who each of these people are as we go along here. But first, I feel like we should begin with our perspective on taking charge. And I'm actually curious to read this, Jason, because as I said, we wrote this a year ago. And I'm interested to see like what has changed for each of us (laughs) on this subject matter, especially because when we wrote this, we hadn't even launched our podcast yet. We are already recording episodes for it, but it just just feels like an eternity ago based on everything that we've done and how much has changed in the world. So let's take a look at our perspective from back then and see what's changed. Yeah. I mean, a year goes by so quickly, yet also the last year has felt like five years within a year. The First of all, the expanse of time is just really strange. But I think the thing that still resonates is a guide like this or a course that we do. It's you know, it's not a magic wand. It's not a, a magic pill that helps you just kind of change your life with a snap of a finger. I feel like a lot of things in the wellness world or personal development are kind of positioned like that. But the upcoming lessons in this book that we're going to detail in the upcoming episodes, they're potent, but they're just one part of the puzzle. One thing we've noticed for ourselves is you have to be consistent and clear with your choices and your actions every day. And and it is every single day. It's the small little things. Like as an example of this compounding effect, I've been teaching guitar lessons. That's a new thing since we launched this a year ago. And with my guitar students, some of them are like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm super busy. And I'm going to practice for like 90 minutes on Wednesday. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to just like cram 90 minutes of practice once a week. I want you to practice 15 minutes a day every single day. Oh, I don't know if I could. Yeah, you can. You're going to find 15 minutes every damn day. Part of the accountability that we offer as coaches, Whitney and I, is reminders and helping people stay accountable because it's not about cramming in, in my opinion, hours of work. It's about making those clear choices and putting the work in every single day. Again, even if it's 15 minutes a day of focused, clear work, that has a greater compounding effect than just cramming something in once a week, a few hours a day. Absolutely. And a big inspiration for this ebook was hearing from people that really struggle with consistency. And that's actually what led us to create the Consistency Code program. And one part of this ebook that I really like, Jason, is the second paragraph of this introduction. And this is something we talk about so frequently on the show, which is that even if things appear to be perfect or polished on social media, there are so many times where we felt we, as in me and Jason, we felt defeated. We felt despair. We've lost faith in ourselves, feeling like we've fallen short of our goals or our dreams. And at times, that has made it really tempting to just throw in the towel and give up. And just reading that, Jason, I'm like, wow, you know, that's so true. I'm so glad that we put that in this ebook and we talk so openly and honestly about that because I feel like a lot of wellness advice talks about how people have overcome obstacles to get to a certain place with their well being or their health and physical fitness and all of that. But it almost seems as if if you just follow these steps, you'll get to this point and you'll never go back. Like, oh, I overcame my struggles permanently, or I just made this one little change and now I'm good. But we want to continuously remind you, the listener, that life is full of these ups and downs, even if you perceive me, Jason, or someone else as having it all figured out and all together. And like we mastered consistency, for example, that's not really the case. And I'm actually working really intentionally on my social media to show that I'm not perfect. 
I don't have it all figured out. There are times where I want to give up on things. There are times where I feel confused and overwhelmed. But as Jason was saying, the key is to keep going and to look to other people for that inspiration and guidance, especially people that you trust and you align with. And we hope that you discover a few more people as we go through this amazing list that we're coming up on of these contributors. And I've been struggling at points on this trip with feeling like a lot of feelings of feeling like I failed a lot in my life. It's an interesting thing being home and a lot of old memories coming back here and old musical venues I used to play with my bands and and reconnecting with old friends and just a lot of memories. And I today in particular, I've just been feeling a lot of feelings of failure. It's been really tough to deal with. And the reality is I think that choosing to be healthy, to love yourself, to be vibrant, to keep your heart open, to forgive yourself in our current cultural climate, it's a rebellious choice. I think that it really takes a lot of energy to forgive yourself and love yourself in a climate in our society and social media that's so divisive and that encourages so much shame and guilt. We see this with body shaming and a lot of the division of race, religion, political parties. You know, Really loving who you are is one of the most important things and it's not easy. It's really, really tough sometimes. And I think the point is that that you can choose to be accountable for loving yourself, for choosing a life of vibrance and energy and, con- and contribution, even if some days feel like a total shit show. Because there are some days that feel like a total shit show. I was having a conversation with my mom earlier today that there are some people I know in my life that are, their baseline is, is pretty positive, even on bad days. I tend to maybe sometimes get a little dark or morose. That's maybe my personality. I'm a deeply sensitive, emotional person. And yeah, some days are going to be a shit show. Some days though, you can come back to this podcast or this ebook. You can come back to a lot of the resources we like to share with you for inspiration, ideas, new life experiments, maybe just knowing you're not alone so you can shake things up and move some energy or try something different in your life. That's something that Whitney and I Certain days we need that. We need new touchstones for energy and inspiration and trying things differently. It's tough. It's okay to feel stagnant and negative or downtrodden some days. It really is. You know, like I don't believe we live in a malevolent universe. I believe what Einstein said, your biggest choice or the, the most important choice is whether you live in a malevolent universe or a friendly universe. But life has a tendency to kick your ass sometimes. It does. I don't know anybody who just glides through life with ease and grace all the time. But I think for me, the key is not to dwell there and wallow in it like a victim because you're not a victim. Nobody is really a victim. I mean, that's a higher spiritual conversation, but you listener are a powerful, beautiful person with a ton of gifts to share with this world as we are. We have to realize those gifts. And I think that's a constant unfolding. And sometimes we just need to remind each other, get some new perspectives and tools to get back on the dragon, get back on the snake, get back on whatever <laughs> proverbial spirit animal you want to ride and feel them, you know, get back to the magic of who you are. And sometimes it's really, really hard if you're trying to do that on your own. I think when it comes to getting back and feeling good and feeling our mojo and feeling our magic in life, it takes a long time. I mean, I'm kind of in a mode right now, Whitney, as you know this, where I'm trying, I'm personally trying to find it again. So in some ways, going through this book might spark some new things in me that I really need right now, which is pretty cool. It is really cool. And that's something that I find over and over again, especially with this podcast, that we are learning so much every time we have these discussions. Sometimes it's like talk therapy. You know, when you have these deep discussions with your friends, you say things out loud, you talk to people like our amazing guests that we have on the show, or even hearing feedback from you, the listener, is really insightful and inspiring. And we don't have it all figured out. I don't really think anybody does. We did a whole episode about this. One of our most passionate early episodes was about how we don't really feel like there are 
gurus. In fact, I'm a little on the fence about using the term thought leader, <laughs> Jason. Like I'm as I'm thinking through any changes that we'll make to this ebook, I wonder if I still feel in alignment with that. I definitely prefer thought leader to expert. I definitely prefer thought leader to influencer, which is a term that a lot of the people we're about to talk about are associated with. And certainly guru and whatever else wants to be thrown around out there. The reason in summary, if you have not listened to that episode yet, if you want to listen to that episode, we will link to that in the show notes for this episode. So if you haven't been to our if you haven't been to our website yet, it's again wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. Dot com. We spell it out every time because it's not a common word. If I think we completely made it up. <laughs> Some people are using the word wellivate, I've seen, but we left out the E at the very end of the word. So we never want you to feel confused. You can also just look up This Might Get Uncomfortable and find our website. But when you go to wellevator.com, you'll find this free ebook or all of our resources. And you'll also find a podcast section that has show notes for every single episode. And in there, you'll find links to other episodes we reference, any resources we share, any of these brands that we've been talking about. We always shout out brands at the end of our episodes. And anyways, we will put that all there for you to easily find everything that we're referencing. And in this ebook, you can actually click and learn more about each of these different contributors that we've had. And we have individual blog posts for each of them because we think we're they're really amazing. So I feel like we should dive into these wellness warriors, which is actually a term I feel 100% in alignment with, Jason, a little bit more so than thought leader. So with no further ado, number one, this is going alphabetical, by the way. Number one is Chef AJ. She is an author that you may have heard of. She's got a wonderful book that I read. Gosh, has it been 10 years? It might have been. It's called Unprocessed. And she's very passionate about salt, oil, and sugar-free cooking, as well as gluten-free cooking. Jason has spoken on stage with her before. He spent a lot of time with her. And she's renowned. She's done work on camera. She's created programs. She's an executive vegan pastry chef. She's pretty awesome. And she has some great tips in this book. We also have Derek. How do you pronounce his last name, Jason? I always thought it was tree size. Could be. Like he's the size of a tree. But there's only one E. Maybe it's tray size. Tray size. I don't know. I've never, I've met Derek at the LA Fit Expo several times, but I've never asked him how to pronounce his last name. But he is quite a tall and broad shouldered and muscular individual. So I'm going to go with tree size. As in the size of a tree. I'm gonna I'm just gonna float that for you, Derek, right there. <laughs> then we have Drina Burton, who is truly a pioneering cookbook author. She does wonderful whole foods recipes. She's written many cookbooks. She has co-authored cookbooks. I love her books about raising children that are vegan and creating great recipes for your family. And she's just one of those people I feel happy just seeing her name. She's just got this way about her that fills my heart with joy. Then we have somebody else whose name I'm pretty confident about pronouncing because I've known him for 10 years. I met him through another person in this book we're going to mention. But now I'm like getting nervous that I'm going to mispronounce his name. So Jason, do you know how to pronounce his name properly? I'll take it. Yeah, I'll pronounce it. In, uh, <laughs> I'm like overly confident, but I feel like if you saw his name spelled for you, the listener, you probably would have no idea how to pronounce it. Do you know for sure how to pronounce his name, Jason? Yeah, Giacomo Marchese. 
Oh, wow. You yeah. can put an accent on it, which I certainly wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Giacomo, <laughs> I met him actually the same time I met Derek. It's not Giacomo. What? Now I'm nervous about it. I don't think that's how you say his name. Really? He has a podcast. And I'm so sorry if he's listening to this because in my head, I know how to pronounce it, but I'm terrified of saying it out Giacomo. loud. Giacomo. Or Giacomo might be oh, the correct pronunciation. That's what I think. I think so, but I could be wrong. Maybe in my head, well, I. We're getting don't know. really uncomfortable with our pronunciations. Well, um, I, what's new? I'm always uncomfortable <laughs> with pronouncing things. Yeah, I met him with Eric and then his partner, Danny Taylor. They have a great website called veganproteins.com, which has a lot. Basically, if, if you're looking for like vegan protein powder or any kind of sort of performance enhancing vegan supplement, they have a really incredible website. And I like him because he's more like my. My body size, he's not like a massive, like gigantic bodybuilder. I mean, he's cut, which for me, like body type, I'm always looking like avatars I can follow. Like I can get in that kind of shape. But I actually saw him and Robert present at the very last LA Fit Expo and they did like 90 minutes on vegan nutrition. It was very detailed and they just offered a ton of information. They had actually a huge crowd, which I thought was very, very cool. Well, I feel fully confident about this next person. Luke Jones' name could not get any easier to pronounce for me. <laughs> he is a movement coach, which I think is really cool. In the book, Take Charge, you'll see when you download it for free, we put their specialties in bold. And I really like that because it makes it easy to scan. And just seeing movement coach in bold is, is really cool. After that, the person that kind of brought this whole ebook together is Matt Frazier, who you may know from his incredible work over at No Meat Athlete. He is quite the entrepreneur, which is one of the words we put in bold for him. He's also an ultra marathoner. I have to say though, in terms of his entrepreneurship, it is incredibly impressive. And we're not going to cover it in this episode today, but one of the upcoming episodes of the show is about business tips that each of these people give. So you definitely want to stick around because as I said, this is part of a series. We're going to be covering different elements of this Take Charge ebook for the next few weeks. And then we have this special reveal for you at the end of this. So even more reason to stick around, to listen, and make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so that you are notified when we have new episodes. Jason, how about Melissa? Would you like to pronounce her last name? Because funny enough, I'm not 100% sure about how to pronounce her name. I know how to spell her name like the back of my hand because Melissa and I used to work together, but I've very rarely, if ever, said her last name out loud. So I'm going to let you say it. Yeah, Melissa Glashevsky, because we both have Polish in our lineage. So I got that one on lock. There's no way I would say that right. Because when I look at it, I just see Melissa Glavsky. Yeah. That's Glaze Glavsky. I know. She must get that all the time. It's Glashevsky. Yep. Well, Melissa actually worked with both Whitney and I for many years. She's an extremely talented plant-based chef, a Ruby graduate, and she does online classes right now. So if anybody's looking to do some incredible online classes, we will link to her website, which is Fork in Plants in our show notes. Melissa's awesome. She's a great teacher. We absolutely adore her. And then the next person, Whitney, is actually somebody you, we both go way, way back with. We've mentioned him already because he's connected us to so many people. And that is uh, Robert Cheek, who has one of our deepest and most emotional episodes. Uh, we will again link to that previous episode, but if you really want kind of a tearjerker, one of the episodes that really cuts deep, I feel like Roberts is probably the, the first one that comes to mind. Wouldn't you agree, Whitney? Like he just went there with us. Oh yeah. 
Absolutely. And and Robert actually is responsible for this as well, even though we credit so much to Matt Frazier because he runs the No Meat Athlete Bundle we've been part of for many years that brought all these people together that we're sharing today. Robert is the reason that I was introduced to Matt Frazier, I believe. Although I also think that Matt Frazier and I were on a podcast back in like 2010 or something together. I know I looked this up fairly recently and I wasn't sure I was able to find the episode because I think it was taken down, but an old acquaintance of mine had a podcast and I'm fairly certain that she interviewed Matt and I at the same time. But I think I already knew Robert at that point because Robert and I met, I think in 2009, we met through Twitter and he's just got such a great heart. I actually stopped by his home in Colorado last month when I was traveling to Los Angeles. It was really amazing to see him and his wife. He's just such a great guy. And I agree, Jason, that episode with him is awesome. He also introduced us. I believe I know I met this next person through Robert. I don't know about you. The next person is Robbie Barbero, who's another really impressive person. He's a diabetes coach and he does great speaking. He has done amazing work around helping people learn how eating plants can help with diabetes. And he's just continuously impressive. And I know I met him through Robert because Robert introduced me to the person that started Forks Over Knives. And that is how I met Robbie because Robbie was working with Forks Over Knives at the same time I was, which is a phenomenal documentary, which I think many people know about. But if you, the listener, have never watched Forks Over Knives, it's a great one. So the next uh, person is Samantha Shorky, Sam Shorky. She has a great website and blog called Jacked on the Beanstalk. And I remember through kind of the larger vegan fitness community being introduced to her years ago through Instagram and Facebook. And she has been a bikini pro, author, blogger, podcast host for many, many years and uh, a new mom, new-ish mom. And she was also the coach to the winner of um, Bodybuilding.com's $200,000 12-week transformation challenge. And Sam's super sweet. We've communicated through email and, and DM. We've never met in person, but she definitely is an inspiration because of all the things that she's accomplished in the fitness industry and done it fully plant-based. So shout out to Samantha. And our next two are Shoshana and Adam Shame. They actually reached out to me years ago, Whitney, when I released Eternity, my book about four years ago, to be on their Plant Trainers podcast. And they're the co-founders of the Vegan Podcast Academy. And uh, one of the coolest things is they approached me with the idea of not wanting to just talk about kind of the typical questions I would usually get on a podcast. This is not a humble brag by any means, but I've done, I think at this point, close to probably 60 podcast interviews over the years. It's been a lot. And you kind of start to get the same questions over and over again, but they wanted to approach it. They were one of the first interviews who ever wanted to ask me about my mental health journey, which I thought was really cool because um, Shoshana and Adam have a history with that. And they wanted to get in deep about clinical depression, suicidal ideation, neurotransmitter function. So shout out to Shoshana and Adam for getting uncomfortable on their podcast with me. They're doing really, really great work in the world. And last but not least, we have Sid Garza Hillman, who Jason and I had the pleasure of spending some time with at this incredible Stanford Inn, which is an eco resort that we visited in Mendocino, California back in, was that 2012? I think it was, or 2013 at the very beginning, Jason. Do you remember what month that was? It was the very end of 2012. 
Wow, that was cool. And you know, we never finished the video project. We went up there and stayed for like several days. Was it like five days? It felt like a a really long time, but it was unbelievable. Maybe it wasn't five. Maybe it was like three nights or something. But it was such a treat. And we made this incredible video that was so overwhelming because we captured so much footage that I never ended up finishing that project. And I have hoped that I would. It's been my intention to finish editing that one day. And it's so funny, Jason, because you and I both look a little different and we were dating back then. And I still think that footage would stand the test of time. And anyways, Sid was there. That's how we met him. He's an incredible certified nutritionist, a coach. He's also a a podcaster. He runs their wellness program at the Stanford Inn. At least last we checked, funny enough, well, well, maybe not funny, but we haven't touched base with a lot of these people much this year and, and so much has changed during COVID. So I actually don't even know what's going on with the Stanford and I hope they're doing okay. And I imagine they're one of those places that would make it through this challenging year because so much of the beauty and special elements of that in is spending time outside. And Sid took us on an incredible tour of the woods. We went kayaking or, or canoeing around their property. We just did so much outside. And I feel like that place also places so much emphasis on wellness. So fingers crossed. I'm actually going to go look up the Stanford Inn and see what's going on with them. But I don't know if Sid is still working with them, Jason, but that is how we met him. So Whit, do we want to dig into some nuggets of wisdom here just to kind of tease people with some of the deeper stuff that's in the ebook? Do we want to transition into that? We'll just leave them there. And that's our episode for this week. We are going to bid you adieu as you fall off the cliff. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck with your struggles. (laughs) Here's the thing. As we said, we're going to devote the next few weeks to going through this ebook, not just for our sake, but for you and to encourage you, the listener, to kind of read it along with us if you'd like, if you're not driving, hopefully you're not reading and driving and listening to a podcast all at the same time. Perhaps as a compliment to listening to this, you can take some time to go through this. And we also don't want to give everything away. So we're really just going to skim the surface of the tips in this ebook, but give you some things to listen to. Because personally, I find it helpful to listen to audiobooks and read the written version of it. And in fact, (laughs) I just started listening to the book Do Nothing for the third time. And I'm reading it. So technically, I've read it, quote, four times. I've listened to it three times, not all the way through yet, but uh, partially through three times. And then I'm reading it and I haven't finished reading it yet. I'm actually, now that I think about it, Jason, I feel so disappointed in this moment because I had planned to spend part of today in the hammock reading that book and my day got sidetracked and I completely forgot. And today was one of the warmest days in Massachusetts. And I feel a little bit sad right now, but hopefully sharing some tips from this ebook will uh, remind me that it's okay. Sometimes we miss out on things. And my point being is that I have technically read through Do Nothing four-ish times. And every time I listen to it or read it, I take in the information differently. 
And I think that's why it's so important to find the medium of taking in information that works best for you and to consider reading something multiple times, listening to something multiple times, and just seeing how you relate to it differently. And that actually leads really nicely into the first little tip that we want to share with you in terms of taking charge of your health and living a long, healthy, and vibrant life. The very first tip is to live and act on principle. One of my favorite quotables from this book is from Drina Burton, who said that awareness starts the process. And I love that because we're all about awareness on this podcast. That's really one of the biggest tips that we can give to you is to become more aware of your life. And as Robert says, you can take the time to audit your habits, behaviors, thoughts, and the people that you spend time with and see if they align with your personal goals. If they don't, then it's time to make some changes. So we want to encourage you to really examine your life over and over again, just like you might read a book over and over again. Things are going to be different every time you read it. And each time you do an audit of your life, you're going to notice new things. You're going to see why something may still resonate with you and why something may no longer feel in alignment with you. The second tip is to eat a wholesome plant-based diet. Matt Frazier says, everything starts with eating a whole food plant-based diet. I went vegetarian and then vegan for ethical reasons, but I've experienced so many unexpected benefits to my energy levels, sleep, and moods. For me, it was the first piece of the puzzle, the gateway that led me down a path of fitness, mindfulness, and purpose. And Derek echoes that by giving some specifics. He says to focus on staple foods like oats, rice, and beans, potatoes, lots of fruits, and veggies. You'll find that by mixing and matching sauces, seasonings, and sides, the options are endless. And I want to piggyback on that from personal experience doing this for 22 years now, as of May 2020. This idea of deprivation or feeling like you're going to miss out on things. As we said at the beginning of this episode, you know we have recipes to make filet of fish out of banana blossoms. There's very, very little you can't accomplish creatively or with a ton of nutrient density and flavor out of a plant-based diet. There's a few things, but it's pretty rare. There's a few recipes maybe out there we haven't found a way to veganize, but it's few and far between y'all. I love that we were able to tie in that very beginning part of this podcast into these tips because as I said, I didn't think that was going to tie in, but it turns out that it did. The next tip in the book is to move every day. And it's funny because this actually was something I was discussing with my dad. One piece of advice that I've heard over and over again from health thought leaders and wellness warriors is just by moving your body for 10 minutes every day, you can receive a lot of physical benefits as well as mental health benefits. And just walking each day really can have a wonderful impact on your health as Robbie Barbero talked about in the book. And that's what I did with my dad today. We took an hour long walk today through the woods, which is absolutely gorgeous. I love walking anywhere, but to me, it's nice when I can have privacy, when I'm not around a ton of people, when I can immerse myself in nature. And that's not always available. So I encourage you to look for opportunities to move. And I think this is one of the big challenges during COVID-19, especially during the very strict quarantine time, as people felt like they had to stay inside. And, and for someone like me, it was really challenging to not go to in-person yoga classes. And I feel sad 
Jason. I don't know if you have still been feeling this way, but I miss going to in-person fitness classes a lot. I was going very regularly, at least a few times a week. I would go through phases of going every single day because it made such a big difference for my mental health and my body. I felt stronger and more flexible. I loved being around other people. I loved connecting with my teachers. And fortunately, I had created some really strong bonds with my teachers and I've kept in touch with them during COVID through Instagram, especially has been really great. And now I'm enrolled in a fitness program that my favorite yoga teacher put together. And I'm helping one of my other favorite yoga teachers create a program now. I'm consulting with her, which is pretty exciting. I still yearn for those days of going into class, even though it took more time, even though it was more expensive. There's just something about it that I haven't and probably can't replicate, you know, doing yoga at home alone. <laughs> it's just not the same. And I do savor the moments where I get to go on a walk with somebody. And another thing that I've done is use the opportunities of taking a walk to make phone calls and have like an hour long plus conversation with a friend that I haven't caught up with in a while. So long story short, this has really been important for me. And I think it's just so important for each of us to find a way to move every day and something that brings us joy and feels easy or rewarding. Another big thing is to, if you haven't tried this already, is a morning routine. And I actually want to link to something, Whitney. I haven't I haven't shared this in a while, but I released an ebook like five years ago that kind of just isn't really available anywhere. It's called The Ultimate Morning Routine. It's a morning routine that I've been practicing different variations of for, yeah, about five, six years now. Ever since my diagnosis with clinical depression, I had to really be become a lot more consistent with my meditation, my morning routine, taking care of myself before the cell phone comes on, before emails get checked. So I actually want to link to that Ultimate Morning Routine ebook in our show notes. So once again, to go to our website, wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com, you'll get a link to that ebook. I just want to give it to you for free because uh, it needs to be resurrected and it's apropos of this part of the conversation. So for me, generally, you know, my morning routine is is really about self-care. I don't want to give too many spoilers. You can go and, and get the ebook and read more about it. But Sam Shorkey in our book talks about her routine, which is a lot about self-care too, massaging her face with coconut oil, drinking lemon water, really helping to get oxygen and blood flow into the body, which helps with things like collagen production. And, you know, staying hydrated, getting your digestion going, waking up slow before you jump into work, before you jump into the the duties of the day. I think it's crucial. Giacomo also says that he includes 10 minutes of meditation into his morning routine. And that's for me, Whitney, been a non-negotiable part of what I do is I notice that when I fall off the wagon, so to speak, when I'm on tour or on the road, I have to try a little bit harder to meditate in the hotel room or whatnot. But I notice that if I go more than a couple of days without doing my meditation, it affects me. It affects my ability to handle stress and anxiety during the day or any kind of curveballs that life might throw at me. So I think self-care, whatever that means to you, dear listener, experimenting with a morning routine and, and seeing what works is really, really crucial, I think, for our overall wellness. How Have you adjusted your morning routine at all recently, Whitney, since you've been at home or made any adjustments to it while you've been away from Los Angeles? If by adjust, you mean completely threw it out the door? Sure. <laughs> That's a, Yeah, that would qualify. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because I was really intentional and probably should start doing this again, seeing as I'm planning on beginning my drive back to Los Angeles in about a week. When I drove out to Massachusetts, I really wanted to wake up each day 
around 7 a.m. Maybe it was even earlier than that. It might have been between 6 and 7 so that we, meaning Leanne and I, who did the road trip with me, could hit the road by 7 a.m. each day to stay on track. Luckily, on the drive back to Los Angeles, I'm technically gaining time because the time change works in your favor. You have some an extra hour every few days. So long story short, I was getting up really early doing fine. I tend to be really good when it comes to traveling or if I have like a very specific reason to get up. But the last few weeks to a month, once I kind of settled in and relaxed to being on the East Coast, I started just getting up at 10 a.m., sometimes 1030. That seems to be my natural rhythm. And I haven't had much of a morning routine except waking up and I have like a to-do list and I try to structure my day around getting things done around a certain time. And I like to have have a cup of coffee in the morning. So that's pretty much it right now. I go through phases of of like a stricter morning routine, although I don't feel like the word strict should be utilized (laughs) when it comes to a morning routine, because I think easing into your day is is really nice. I suppose if you're going to use the word strict, it can be helpful to have structure that feels really good to you and create some healthier habits. Doing things like meditation is not something that's been easy for me. And this actually leads nicely into the next tip about rest. And it plays such a vital role in our health, as Melissa says in this great section that I'm not going to read out loud because I really want to encourage you, the listener, to go download this book. But she does point out how much sleep impacts our energy, our productivity, our decisions, and how creating actually a nighttime routine is equally as important as a morning routine. And getting into tune with your body is helpful. And I think to answer your question, Jason, and to tie into this next tip, I've noticed that I really like to get up around 10 a.m. I don't know why that is, but that has been my tendency for a long time. To go back to what I was saying about yoga, besides travel, the only other times that I've kind of pushed myself to get up much earlier was to do yoga. And my favorite yoga classes are at 7 a.m. So when I go back to LA and I'm back on Pacific time, I'll probably start getting up at 6 something or 7 a.m. just so I can continue taking those classes. Not really looking forward to it, but the combination of creating a regular routine for myself and starting my day off with yoga really makes it worthwhile. This is something that we've talked about a lot on the podcast is the idea of stress and the idea of what's in our control and what's not in our control. And I think I've acknowledged through my own battle with mental health and stress and anxiety that I have equated the idea of being in control with feeling safe in life. And life has been giving me a lot of opportunities to sort of unlink or dismantle that connection between control and safety. And Drina Burton talks about this of you take care of what you can and have grace with yourself and let go of the things that you can't. And I know that might sound kind of obvious as I say it, but I think there are so many variables and unknowns and so much chaos and uncertainty that seems to be swirling this year and continues. It just, I don't know, I just feel like one of the greatest spiritual lessons that's happening right now on earth is realizing how little control we have over outcomes. We have control, I think, to a large degree over how we respond or react to things over whether or not 
we can give love and understanding and patience to a situation or freak out and get angry and be violent. We do have a measure of control over our response or reaction, but I think managing stress for me, Whitney, has really come down to realizing that I don't have to control things to feel safe in life. And I'm still working through it. There's still more layers to that, but just even the realization that I had some association between controlling life and feeling safe has been leading me down a really interesting road, and it's it's been awesome. Um, I can't say enough about the dismantling of that process for me and, and how many benefits I'm experiencing from it. It's so interesting, Jason, because I too have challenges with safety and trust, and it can definitely feel very stressful. In fact, I've been thinking a lot about that as I prepare for my cross-country trip, and it seems likely that I will be doing the drive by myself. And actually, funny enough, this episode is coming out like a few days before I complete that drive, and so it'll be so interesting. And also probably a a good amount of time, a few episodes to go until we do another recap of that trip. And just like we did from my trip out here, I think it'll be interesting to share with you how this one goes and what's been different and what I learn and and how the stress went. But this ties right into our next tip about being present. And that's one of the big reasons I'm doing this trip is I really find that traveling in general helps me be more present, getting away from the day-to-day life, what I'm used to, what I'm comfortable with. Putting myself into uncomfortable situations really helps me be more present. And traveling, especially a road trip, that helps me slow down and pay more attention. You have to pay attention when you're driving. You have to pay attention when you're traveling because you need to make decisions. And traveling helps me be more creative and gives me all these great rewards, which is the big benefit of being more present. So even though I don't know if I feel ready to leave my family and go back to Los Angeles. Like, honestly, I'm a little nervous about it, which we can talk about another time. I think it's just because I've become comfortable out here and I'm used to being out here again and like taking myself out of that comfort and going back to quote my old life and my old ways. It just, that's kind of triggering my safety feelings, fears, Jason. And at the same time, I'm really, really looking forward to all the present related elements of a road trip. That's a big thing, right? Is as cliche as it might sound of the only place we can exist is in the is in the present moment. Man, again, the lessons of 2020 and all the whoop ass it's laying down on everyone is really to me showing that all we have is now. We can't really cling to expectations or outcomes. And yeah, Luke Jones talks a lot about that in the ebook of just slowing down, paying attention to the process being in the moment, just connecting to the creativity in the moment and you know the rewards that come from that. And I think too that that loops into another point that he makes in the ebook that you and I have been beating the drum of, which is, you know, instead of cultivating these kind of low value relationships on social media and our our digital acquaintanceships, really nourishing and feeding the deep personal relationships that we have in real time. And part of that of course is you being home with your family. It's being here with my mom and my friends here in Detroit, my hometown, and realizing that this is something that I'm reckoning with in my life a little bit right now is that I don't think that I have spent enough time nourishing or being physically present with certain relationships. And I don't mean during the last seven months at the time of this recording of the lockdowns across the United States with the quarantine, but I think in many regards, 
I'm realizing Whitney that over the years I've I've made a lot of sacrifices for career, different projects, the TV show touring. I made a lot of sacrifices where I wasn't able to see the people that I loved as much as I wanted to. I'm starting to reevaluate how I can do that more in my life. How to just be present with the people that I deeply love is a gift in and of itself and I don't need to quote earn it. I don't need to burn myself out trying to create the means to do it. I'm I'm really I'm really reevaluating that. You know, this idea of building and connecting a community in person and what and also what that's going to look like on the other side of this. What are live events? What are gatherings? What are the holidays even going to look like this year? I mean, there's so many questions when it comes to being present with people. That's a whole nother, I suppose, puzzle piece we can crack open at some point. But I guess my point is I'm I'm realizing that it's a lot more nourishing for me to be with people physically and just, I don't know, not have these low value relationships on social media run my life so much anymore. I could not agree more. <laughs> Who wants anything low value? And I think that's very nice tie into the final tip of this section of the ebook, which is to be grateful because in addition to becoming more aware and present and connecting with people and reducing stress and thinking about all the different ways that you can nourish your body, we need to take the time to think about what we're grateful for and enjoy the time with those we love. And that's exactly why Jason and I at this time are visiting our family members. I think that COVID has reminded me of how important that is and made me yearn for a time with my family and loved ones. I've seen friends out on this trip. I know you have too, Jason, and it feels just so incredibly special and important because during these times, you realize that we don't know how long we any of us have. There could be a freak accident. There could be sickness that really impacts the people that we know. And I feel blessed that so far, the people that I know and love have made it through this time. There's no guarantee that that will be the case. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to go for, and that can feel really overwhelming and scary. There's a lot of that uncertainty. And so in the meantime, in this present moment, if we are grateful, it helps us pay more attention and just enjoy what we do have right now. So that wraps up this first section of Take Charge, which is all about taking care of your health and hopefully helping you live a long, healthy life. As I just said, we are not guaranteed that. But I think the word vibrant, which is also included in this section, is really key. We don't know how long we have, but we can do our best to take charge of our life in this present moment, we can do our best to live vibrantly. And coming back to that very first tip about living and acting on principle and having that awareness really makes a profound difference. And reflecting on what you want, what you love, what you want more of, what you want less of, and how it's impacting you and those around you is something I really encourage you to do in this moment as you reflect on this episode, as you read the free ebook that we're gifting to you, and as we discuss other sections of that ebook moving forward. And as I mentioned before, we have much more to come on the subject matter. So please make sure that you subscribe or put a note in your calendar. (laughs) New episodes are released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Fridays are our special guest episodes, and we have amazing people. We're actually working on getting some more people from this ebook, all of those incredible people we highlighted today. We've only had, who have we had on here? We've had Robert, of course, as we mentioned. Is that all, Jason? I don't know if we've had any of these other people on the show yet. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously such a huge opportunity. And I suppose that's one of the challenges of doing this podcast is not figuring out who we want to be guests, but there's so many incredible people with so much experience and wisdom and heart to share their story and what they're doing in life. Sometimes maybe it's a little difficult to pick and choose who we want to email and invite on here. But for as long as we're doing this, whoever's meant to be on here will be on here. And it's always, to me, Whitney, such a learning experience, every single guest that we've had on here. So if you, dear listener, have not yet listened to one of our guest episodes, they come out every single Friday. And we have people from a wide, wide range of expertises and backgrounds and industries all talking about wellness and love, relationships, self-care, conquering disease is spirituality. I mean, we, we're trying to cover the gamut of the human experience as best we can here on This Might Get Uncomfortable. So with that being said, if you want to dig into any of our previous episodes to get a flavor of how we do what we do, we have all of our episodes and show notes linked through our main website, which again is wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com, where you can access all of the free resources we have for you and all of the previous show notes. You can connect with us directly, being Whitney and myself. Our email is hello at wellevator.com. That comes right to us. We do our best to stay on top of those things, uh, even when we're away from our home base, our current home base in LA. Don't know how much longer that's going to be for me, but currently it is Los Angeles and we're on all the big social media platforms. So you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, the whole rigmarole. So, oh, we do have our brand shout outs, don't we? I wasn't prepared for this, Whitney. <laughs> on your toes, Jason. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything this week, so by all means, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't have shit. I think you do. I bet you you're going to pull something out. Maybe when the restaurants you visited or, or anything else you've experienced today. Like, did you do anything interesting today? Yeah, I did plenty of interesting stuff. So did... <laughs> Actually, I have a shout out that I want to make. A couple, actually. I always want to be intentional about shouting out goddess provisions. I feel like we mentioned them recently, but it certainly doesn't hurt to mention them again. They're my favorite subscription box. I've been receiving it for, I think, over two years now. Jason, did you see the virtual unboxing that I did on Instagram stories? Well, you were supposed to do it, but you were traveling to Detroit to visit your mom. <laughs> I was going to have you open up the box, but I was also a little nervous about you doing it because I was hoping that you wouldn't want to keep anything. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually grateful in hindsight because I think you would have wanted to keep the chocolate bar they sent. What else? Oh, they sent some tattoos, some temporary tattoos, which I don't know is really my thing. So I would gift that to you, Jason. I could see you rocking those. What else is in that box? There was a cool crystal. They always put a crystal in there. Since So basically, because I wasn't home when the box arrived and I'm not going to be back for a few more weeks, I felt a little eager to get to see what was inside the monthly box. And this was October's box, which was about Gosh, every month there's a theme and I'm trying to remember what the theme was off the top of my head. Well, the one before that was color therapy and that one I had delivered to Massachusetts and all of the products are just continued to be wonderful. I, I have one of the last time I couldn't remember what it's called either, Jason. I think we this we did discuss this on the podcast. It's crystal you hang in the window that projects the rainbows on your wall. And I can never remember what that is. And I just find that something from that box every month really sticks with me and I use it. And I'm really excited about that chocolate bar, obviously, because that's the thing that I remembered right off the top of my head. But there were, oh, they sent a really cool bag. 
And I know I'm missing something else that was cool in there, but it was neat to see it, see somebody else opening the box and and showcase every item to me. And that's what I posted on Instagram stories, Jason. So I'll have to show it to you. I don't think I made it a highlight, but I'm looking forward to experiencing those once I get back and then the next box will be there before we know it. So Goddess Provisions is a shout out. And the second shout out I want to make is for veganessentials.com, which ties back in to Robert Cheek, who we've mentioned several times during this episode. I heard from Vegan Essentials today. They want to partner up and do a collaboration together. And this actually might benefit you, the listener, because we might do a giveaway of some sort or a special discount discount code. So if all goes as planned, this is another good reason to make sure that you subscribe and listen to the episodes and sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss out. In fact, one of our most recent newsletters, we shared a special discount code that Gaia Herbs provided. We try to hook you up with good things. We don't want to just talk to you about things you can't have or you don't have. We want to give you things and special deals. So maybe something will be coming your way from Vegan Essentials, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's a grocery store that has all the essential vegan products you could want. I just went through their entire website today, checking it out. They have an incredible selection of snacks, savory, sweet. They have meals on there. They have some body care, some uh, plant-based companion animal products. They, They really have had it covered. They've been around for a long time. I have met the owners many times. They're very close to Robert Cheek. I just love them. So we'll keep you posted what comes of a partnership with them. All right, Jason, you've had some time. Have you done anything today? Or is anything coming to mind as I talk about some of these awesome brands that I love? I mean, I only have local stuff to Detroit because I'm still here. So I guess I'm just going to shout out some local Detroit stuff. Went to the Cass Corridor today, which is a really cool part of Midtown. That's experienced a pretty rad revitalization over the past few years and went to a vegan ice cream shop called Cold Truth with mom. They have a coconut-based, super delicious. They had a activated charcoal vanilla flavor. Mom got a chocolate and it was damn good. Damn good. So that whole part of Detroit is is kind of becoming sort of a hipster mecca. There's a little bookstore and a cute dog park. And also the highlight of my day, shout out to Jack White, originally of the White Stripes, the raconteurs, doing his solo thing, Detroit native like myself. I went to Third Man Records for the first time, which is his record label since 2001. And not only has he put out a lot of the you know White Stripes and raconteurs, Dead Weather records of his bands, but he's done a lot of reissues of old Motown records, old country albums, old rock bands, and... Uh, Uh, It's actually a full-fledged record label. And I got to check out their record pressing plant where they're making vinyl records in Detroit. They also, their headquarters are in Nashville because Jack White moved there in 2005, but he still has a lot of his roots here in Detroit. And I wish I would have had like a whole afternoon because there's so many records I wanted to get. They've got really dope merchandise and they're really doing a wonderful job of preserving Detroit musical history. And I really think, you know, as a business person, Jack White is doing a great job of not only continuing the vinyl format and spreading it across the world, but again, reissuing a lot of old albums and repressing them so new generations can enjoy them. The coolest part of my day, though, talked in a corner of Third Man Records in Detroit. I noticed a stack of old amps 
and old like touring gear that said the white stripes with all these labels. They had some old guitar amps and old touring equipment from the white stripes days. And Third Man Records, I didn't know this, actually manufactures guitar pedals, effects pedals for like fuzz, distortion, reverb, crazy wah-wah. And they had, I don't know if it was actually his guitar or if it was just a reissue of Jack White's original Supro. So back in the white stripes days, it was red and white. He had one of his signature signature guitars was this Supro guitar. Guitar. Anyway, you could play this guitar through the amps at Third Man Records and try out the guitar pedals, and it was fucking rad. It was one of the coolest things because he's apparently engineered these guitar pedals so you can have a lot of sounds like Jack White sounds on his records, and uh, I'm kind of obsessed, kind of obsessed. It's been a long time since I've played electric guitar. I just do acoustic now, but I got to say, like, I was stoked to play what may or may not have been Jack White's actual guitar from the White Stripes days. It was really fun. So shout out to Jack White. Shout out to Third Man Records. If you're into vinyl or into classic music, check out their catalog because it's really impressive. See, you were able to think of some shout outs that you're very passionate about, Jason. I knew you had it in you. It's true. And actually to go back to a shout out we did earlier that I wanted to update you, Jason, and the listener on because I looked it up as we were talking. Stanford Inn is in fact up and running. They have not only had to deal with COVID, but there's been crazy fires in California and they have made some really good safety practices and policies so that anyone who visits can stay really healthy. And it just makes me want to go visit again. They are pet friendly, which was one of the highlights of visiting. And it's just so beautiful. So maybe I can manifest another visit to the Stanford Inn if I finally complete that first project that we did, Jason. And and I feel like that would be a good little project to put on Wellevator's YouTube channel, which could use some extra attention anyways. So if you, the listener, would like to keep us accountable, you can email us or private message us or shout us out on, on social media and say, hey, when are you going to post the Stanford Inn project? And if you go to the Stanford Inn, please tell them that we sent you and please tell them that we will one day finish that video. Oh, okay. Well, that's it for today. We will be back again with another episode on Friday. And I think this episode's, wait a second. Nope, this is a Wednesday episode. So yes, our next episode is on Friday. And then we will be back with more of this Take Charge series for you next Monday and Wednesday, which will we will continue for a few weeks through the end of November. We promise it'll be worth your while. It'll help you stay accountable, be more consistent. And as I mentioned, we have something very special to share with you at the end that I don't think you're going to want to miss. Please make sure you download the ebook at wellevator.com. Check out the show notes. Give some love to the amazing brands and people that we've talked about today. We've shared a lot. So everything will be linked in the show notes at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And we can't wait to be back with another episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.